The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Uh, today, Alberta's Justice Minister and uh, Solicitor General uh, made a couple of announcements. He's our next guest this afternoon. There was a couple of things I wanted to talk uh, with him about. His rural crime tour, which has been going on for the past couple of months. Did any of you go to these? Did any of you go and, you know, raise your hand? Because you, you text in all the time when it comes to rural crime right here on Chad and, and you share those stories. I hope you had, um, you know, if, if you had the opportunity to go in and talk to Doug Schweitzer face-to-face. Um, but he's been on this rural crime tour over the past couple of months. And then this announcement today that you've heard on 6.30, Chad, that the Alberta government is joining a class action lawsuit to recoup uh, health care costs related to the opioid crisis. Uh, Minister Schweitzer, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. It's nice to have you back. Um, now, let's start with today's announcement. Um, uh, the province had been mulling uh, this over for uh, for a while now when it came to the opioid issues and, and looking at joining this class action lawsuit to uh, recoup health care costs. Why the final push to make the move? What was it that said, okay, we got to do this? You know what, this is the right time to do this. This is the most efficient time for us to join in with BC and the other provinces that are joining in on this to make sure we take the fight to these organizations and companies that have the opioid uh, crisis to spread for too many years. I was wondering about that uh, because BC filed the lawsuit uh, about a year ago alleging the the manufacturers falsely marketed the opioids as less addictive. Um, Ontario, New Brunswick involved as well with Alberta involved with at least four provinces involved. Does it give you more clout? Does it give the case more clout? Yeah, it gives us more leverage and hopefully driving to a a settlement at some point in time, which not money would then be deployed to helping us you know, provide treatment to people that have just been the victims of the drugs that have just been allowed to, you know, circulate across Alberta. It, it's it's wrong. These companies knew it was wrong. And this is the, our chance right now to step up. We also have to introduce legislation uh, that will help facilitate uh, any settlement that's reached or if we go to trial, uh, any damages that we regret that we receive. Okay. What would So what, what would that look like? Well, I guess first off, I mean, we have seen some court successes in the U.S. Uh, how optimistic are you that it will happen here? And when you look at, at numbers, I know it's pretty tough to, to throw out a number at this point, but, you know, g- can you? Well, I mean, right now we're at the early stage. This is us kicking it off. We'll have to go through and quantify our damages. But right now, I mean, we're spending tens and tens of millions of dollars right now you know, providing you know, addiction treatment. We've also made the announcement of expanding 4,000 additional, tr- additional treatment beds. My ministry is going to be expanding drug treatment courts. It's a huge cost to government to make sure we can provide treatment to Albertans that are suffering right now. So uh, you talked about um, putting in, I think, I think you said some sort of legal, legal framework to have to deal. If there's a settlement, how will that money be handed out? So what has to be done to get to that point? I mean, right now we're working with our legal team. The one thing I know about law is that the class actions are complicated. Yeah. Uh, and that's why some of this legislation is required. It allows us to streamline how the money is to be collected and dispersed. It, it is a complicated area of law. If people want more details, I can, uh, I can get a law professor on here to help uh, <laughs> provide some of the details. Hey, I don't, need any, I don't need any help putting people to sleep. Thanks, Doug. <laughs> 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 Appreciate it, though. Um, you had mentioned about uh, the healthcare spaces, and uh, you, you touched on this, and it's still some scary numbers. What, uh, almost 800 fatal overdoses, 4,200 emergency calls related to opioids 
last year. In September, uh, the UCP announced more than $80 million in funding for 4,000 spaces to treat people with addictions. Is it enough? Uh, and, and what more do you think needs to be done? Well, the biggest thing is that we need to make sure when, that is when somebody's ready for treatment, that there's a bed available. That is huge. Uh, and we'll be right now in my department, we're working through our strategy to implement an expansion of drug treatment courts across Alberta. We made that commitment in the campaign and we are going to fulfill it. Uh, but to make sure that that program's successful, you need those wraparound services. And having treatment beds is paramount to being able to implement that and provide that service to Albertans that need it. When you look at the timeline for this lawsuit, I mean, as you said, it's kind of, you know, the early days or early stages. I mean, is this a, is this a year down the road? Um, you know, will we see a conclusion a year down the road? Are we looking years down the road, do you believe? Well, I mean, I, I hope the drug companies do the right thing and settle here quickly, uh, but you can't determine that right up mm. front. It'd be a bit early for us to predetermine that timeline. Litigation can drag on, uh, but we're hoping that we can get this resolved uh, quickly. But again, I don't want to prejudge it. All right. I want to switch gears just a little bit with you, uh, Minister uh, Schweitzer. And again, thank you for joining me this afternoon. You've been traveling the province, I think, uh, the past six weeks, six weeks coming up on almost two months, hearing stories firsthand when it comes to rural crime. What have you taken away from that? What are you hearing? We're in a crisis right now in rural communities. Uh, People are living in fear. They used to, when somebody used to drive down their dirt road, they used to be happy. They thought it was a neighbor or, or a friend. Now they're worried as to who that is. Are they there to harm them? It's been a complete shift. And the feedback that we've received loud and clear is that right now in Alberta, there's a crisis. There's a disconnect in our justice system. And people, frankly, have stopped calling the police. Mm. They're worried about what's going to happen. They don't believe justice will be done. So that's why we're taking immediate steps to tackle rural crime. So you take on all this information. What do you plan to do with it? Well, we've already made one announcement coming out of these rural crime town halls. I mean, we had the Jumbo Valley Turkey Farm where the people invaded a private property. You know, that's not acceptable. So we came out with an announcement right away saying that we're going to increase fines for people that trespass on property. It's not acceptable. We'll go after the organizations as well, and people could face jail time. So it's an immediate response that we need. Uh, These town halls have been hugely valuable as well for us. We're developing, I'd say, another five or six different initiatives that have come directly out of these town halls. You know, from the occupier's liability, we're making sure we don't have another situation like Eddie Murray's down Mm. in Okotoks where he's getting sued by the person that committed criminal acts on his property. Doesn't that just tick you right off? (laughs) Oh, it, it fires us up. It fires us up. So we're looking at a whole bunch of different options. And... You know, right now we've heard loud and clear from Albertans that they think that the justice system is broken in rural Alberta. When we talk about, uh, you mentioned that some some folks just don't want to call uh, RCMP, they don't want to call the police anymore. Um, maybe they would be able to call police or would be comfortable, you know, picking up the phone and calling the police once again if they knew that those officers would be there in a, in a shorter amount of time. Is there any possibility that we could see more uh, RCMP officers um, in in rural communities in the future? No, right now we're having a discussion with uh, rural municipalities about police costing going forward. Uh, And one of the things that we've committed to is if we can get a buy-in for a partnership, all of that additional money would go into rural policing right back into those communities. It could be a massive increase in the number of police officers on the ground. So right now, right today, actually, our consultation wraps up and the feedback is promising. Uh, But again, I don't want to prejudge it. Uh, We're consulting still, so... We, we do believe we could see more police officers through that. You talk about a partnership, a partnership with, with who, with what? What would that look like? 
Well, it'd be a partnership because right now in rural municipalities, uh, the province covers the cost of, uh, of policing. We're not going to change or deviate one bit as to how much we put into that. It'd be a potential here, though, for rural municipalities to also contribute, be a part of that solution, work with us to tackle rural crime, which could see a significant increase in the number of police officers on the ground. Mm. Um, recently, and I know I think that you guys kind of went back and forth on this with uh, the, the NDP members as well, uh, former uh, NDP leader Rachel Notley saying recently that the UCP is proposing up to a 70% cut to police funding in rural mun- municipalities. Is that true? It's a complete fallacy. Nothing could be further from the truth. We're talking about more money for policing. We're investing more money in the Alberta law enforcement response team. We're we're talking about more money for policing. This is about a potential reinvestment of additional money going into policing. We're steadfast in our commitment to maintaining police funding levels. This is about more. It's about more pie, more police officers on the ground. Well, the folks uh, certainly in uh, in uh, Alberta's rural communities would be pleased to hear that. Um, I mean, I get it. Uh, every time we have this conversation on my text line, uh, Minister Schweitzer, it's unreal the stories that are coming in. But you've heard them firsthand over the past over the past few weeks. Is there going to be anything in the upcoming budget to address these concerns? Uh, I mean, again, we're, we're going to be fully implementing our campaign commitments to tackle rural crime. Uh, you know, you're going to see that in the budget. Okay. Uh, you're going to see that going forward from hiring more prosecutors to more money to tackle organized crime. We are dedicated to getting that done proper. Uh, you, you touched on this one, and then I'll let you go. Um, and, uh, and I know that uh, you have some big concerns about this. We uh, heard recently that 47% of criminal charges are being withdrawn by the Crown, uh, Crown especially in the Edmonton uh, area. I know there's a commitment for more uh, Crown prosecutors uh, to be put in place by by your government but um i mean this has got to get done i mean uh the police officers and the and and the chief of police saying you know it's 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 disappointing when that many charges are being dropped it's like what the hell are we doing out there if if we can't see it uh, to to fruition if we can't see whether or not this is going to go through the courts and get a guilty or not guilty well and, and that's completely unacceptable i mean we inherited 25 unfilled prosecutor positions when we walked in the door we're filling those now and we're dedicated to hiring 50 more prosecutors. That should get us to the right complement and caseload to make sure that this you know, practice of dropping cases that we inherited from the NDP is no longer the case in Alberta. Minister Schweitzer, is the rural crime tour wrapped up now or a few, uh, a few places still to go? A few more places still to go. We're going to be in Masquachis this afternoon. Uh, we're going to be in Leduc tonight. We're going to be in Sylvan Lake later this week. And then we got a few more stops uh, to go. Yeah, it's it's been tricky. And hopefully, you know, we'll start to see a, a turnaround in the economy. I know we talked to some folks out in the Drayton Valley area last week. And just uh, with um, with the, the, the higher unemployment numbers, there's a lot of folks talking about how it kind of, you know, pushes those crime rates up. And they're quite worried about it. They're really, really worried about it. I mean, this is a... This is a biggie for a lot of folks out there. Yeah, the jobs economy pipeline, that's kind of issue 1A, and then issue 1B is rural crime when I'm in these communities. Those are the two big issues that they want to see that tackled by this government. I'm going to put you on the spot here. I mean, uh, this time next week, uh, the federal election is going to be done. What are you looking at there? I mean, I sure hope we get a conservative government. That's what we need here in Alberta. We're, we're advocating for it. We encourage everybody to vote conservative in this upcoming election. We need jobs. We need pipelines. We need to make sure we turn things around in Alberta. Minister Schweitzer, thank you for joining me this afternoon. I appreciate you taking the time. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Following up on that conversation, 
with Justice Minister Doug Schweitzer. Of course, the Solicitor General of Alberta as well. Um, we uh, we told you about um, the opioid issue and that the fact that the Alberta government is signing on to a class action lawsuit to try to um, get back some of the health care costs related to opioids. The health minister, Tyler Shandro, made the announcement today. He says manufacturers and distributors need to be held accountable for the crisis. And we've seen this happen in the States. There was a, a couple of lawsuits, massive lawsuits recently. And uh, the companies have um, the 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 companies that put out these drugs in a couple of cases have uh, declared bankruptcy. Shandro says the province won't go after doctors because manufacturers told them opioids were not addictive. And he says since learning the truth, doctors have been reducing how much is being prescribed. We used to be the top consumer of opioids in, uh, in Canada, but since 2016, the total volume prescribed has been reduced by well over 20%. I think that the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta and the profession deserve credit for the way that they've managed it. Uh, Shandra saying last time, last year, and we had mentioned Alberta saw about 800 fatal overdoses and about 4,200 emergency calls. Now, I don't know about you when, when you've gone to the doctor lately, and I know some of you depend on... Um, this type of medication to control pain. Um, I've had you call in in the past at 4960063 talking about it and kind of the concerns about, uh, you know, what would happen with the, the limiting of it and some of the maybe hoops that need to be drump, jumped uh, through now. I know my doctor um, is exceptionally aware now of uh, different drugs, including opioids, including uh, things like Ativan. I take uh, Ativan at times for some anxiety that I've dealt with over the past 10, 15, 20 years that pops up when I, when I you know, have a little anxiety attack here and there. And uh, he is exquisitely careful about how much and how often my uh, my my husband's doctor will not prescribe Ativan, things like Ativan uh, to him. They've had conversations, just won't happen. And, and then I, you know, just in, in my family alone over the years, and we're talking 20 years ago, 25 years ago, how some of these drugs like Oxy were just handed out like candy. Um, yeah, as you heard, as you know, Minister Shandro, Shandro saying that manufacturers way back when, you know, told doctors that opioids were not addictive. And boy, we've certainly learned the hard way, haven't we? And we've seen families destroyed by these drugs. And certainly over the years, how um, tracking them and tracking prescriptions has changed quite a bit. Uh, I, I, I can't get into it too much, but all I can tell you is that, you know, in my family, we have seen the the devastation caused by over-prescribing of opioids and uh, the damage that it has caused um, and, and, and literally not just the effects on the human, but just on the over-prescribing, like finding them stashed around a home, stashed. And uh, when, when someone couldn't remember where they were put, would just go back and get some more and it was just like no questions asked. 
It was abs- absolutely unreal, to be honest with you. Uh, some of your texts coming just uh, in on the election front. Um, from AMFM. If the Liberals get a minority, then the Conservatives need to beg and plead on bended knee for Ronna Ambrose to come back and run for the leadership of the Conservative Party. Yeah, you know what? Um, I know she, as she served as as interim leader, you know, up to the uh, to the leadership race with you know Bernier and 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 Sheer, which sure uh, went on to win. I think a, a lot of folks um, would have loved to have seen her. A B leader. And of course, you can't run for leader if you're interim leader. But uh, yeah, there's a, there's a, a lot of fans of Ronna Ambrose out there, and uh, and I'm one of them as well. Doug says, Jay, I voted today instead of Monday. I think the lineups on Monday are going to be at least a 30-minute wait. That's from Doug. What do you think voter turnout's going to be across the country? It was 69% in 2015. 69%. Do you think it's going to be lower? Are poli prof expecting it to be lawyer, lower? Do you think it's going to be lower? Do you think it might hit the 70 mark? Let me know what you think. Jared the Taper says, Jay, if Alberta separated from Canadian uh, Confederation, there is already set an international law that neighboring countries must provide any landlocked countries uh, right of way to get the product to a seaport. Can't be as hard as most people think. That's Jared the, the Taper. Well, I, I think it is harder than probably a lot of people think, but uh, it's interesting. I'm going to have to read a lot more uh, about that, but I know a lot of you are feeling that way. A number of you saying, hey, we need to do something. And this one says, I believe I've decided where to direct my vote. I'll write Trudeau, Sheer, Singh and May onto colored ping pong balls, red, blue, orange and green. They'll stay in my crown royal velvet satchel until I'm at a polling station. And with closed eyes, my vote goes to the chosen ball. 25% chance each. If any of the four stumbles and falls before Monday afternoon, they lose their balls.